Holt Chamberlain hung up the phone and looked up at his brother Max, who paced in front of his desk. Well? Max asked. We got an ID, Holt said, his surprise apparent in his voice. A real one? Yeah, a dead, no longer breathing, but very real and documented person. At least documented for the last decade. And you're sure the tattoo was a match? Holt nodded. I went to the morgue in Baton Rouge to identify it myself. Max stopped pacing and slid into a chair in front of the desk. So? Harrison Belafont, 42. Owned an insurance company in Baton Rouge where the FBI was about to launch an investigation into the possibility that he was using his agency to launder money. Sound familiar? Like Martin Rommel was doing with the restaurant. Yep. And I don't think for a moment that it's a coincidence. Did Belafont kill himself? According to the coroner, he had enough cocaine in his system to kill an elephant, but he couldn't say whether the overdose was intentional or accidental. Max blew out a breath. So is it some sort of organized crime that these guys are involved in? It looks that way, but we have to figure out the connection between Rommel and this Belafont in order to have any idea where to look for live members. Holt's phone rang again and he looked at the display, then frowned. It's the Baton Rouge police. He answered the phone and listened in silence to what the cops said. When the man was finished, he thanked him and slowly put the phone back in place. Max leaned forward in his chair. What is it? We might have our connection. Belafont was ex-military. I always suspected Rommel was, just by the way he carried himself. I thought Belafont's fingerprints had been altered like Rommel's. They had, but he had a pin in his leg. They traced the number back to a military hospital in Virginia. Belafont was Casey Thoreau. He was special forces, and the military has been looking for him the last ten years. Max whistled. You thinking these guys were special forces who went rogue? Rogue? Mercenaries? Doesn't really matter in the big scheme of things. The outcome is the same. What in the world have we stepped in the middle of? Holt frowned. More importantly, how was our father involved and why was he murdered because of it? Tanner spent another four frustrating hours trying to track the creature, but didn't find a trace of him on either side of the bank. It wasn't really surprising given the thick canopy of dead vines covering the ground, and it was also possible the creature hadn't come up the bank on that stretch of bayou at all. Annoyed with the lost opportunity, he made his way back to where the crew was working to see if Emmett Vernon had ever returned to do his job. The men were still hard at work on the fencing, and he gave Ray a nod as he entered the clearing. Surprisingly, Vernon sat on a boulder making notes on a pad of paper. Tanner headed over and stood in front of the man, who continued to look down at the paper. Tanner's shadow fell right across his paper, and he hadn't exactly tried to mask his approach. Vernon knew he was there. He was just choosing to ignore him. Emmett Vernon, right? Tanner asked. Vernon sighed and looked up at him, clearly disgusted. Yeah, who's asking? My name is Tanner Ledoux. Miss Betancourt has hired me to figure out who's vandalizing her property. Good luck with that, he said, and dropped his gaze back to his paper. Any reason why I need luck? Chasing legends in this swamp is going to require more than a good pair of boots. I'm a professional tracker. Vernon froze and looked back at him, his expression now wary.
You don't say. Yep. I grew up in the Mystere Parish swamps, got my degree in forestry, and I've worked as a game warden since college. I've never missed finding my target before, and I'm not about to start. Vernon stared at him for a couple of seconds. And you're telling me all this why, exactly? Because I want information from you about what you think is going on. I would think it's obvious. A bunch of superstitious fools had some drinks on the job and imagined things.